Hello, everyone. I'm Paige Smith with After School, a podcast project from Simon Fraser University's Faculty of Communication, Art, and Technology. After School showcases FCAT alumni in traditional and unconventional career paths across communications, interactive art and technology, contemporary arts, publishing, and digital media. We would like to respectfully acknowledge the Musqueam, Squamish, Tsleil-Waututh, Katsi, Coquitlam, Kakat, Kwantlen, Semiama, and Tawasin peoples whose unceded traditional territories our three campuses reside. In today's episode of After School, communication student Jake Frederick is joined by alumna Prem Gill of Creative BC to talk about her experience as an SFU student and what she envisions for the future of Canada's creative sector. We hope you enjoy the episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to After School. Let's move into our first interview. Currently in Vancouver, BC, Prem Gill is the CEO of Creative BC, which is a provincial organization focused on supporting British Columbia's creative sector. She has over two decades of experience in the creative sector, and most importantly, she's a Simon Fraser University School of Communication alumni, graduating in 1992. I'm very, very excited to speak with her today about her path and career. So, without further ado, please join me in welcoming Prem Gill. Thank you, first and foremost, for taking the time to chat with me today. So you're the CEO of Creative BC. Uh, Can you tell me a little bit about Creative BC? Sure. Well, thanks for inviting me to this podcast. It's great to talk to you as a former student at SFU. Um, For those who aren't familiar with Creative BC, we are an organization that is a nonprofit society that is funded by the province to support the development of the creative industries in British Columbia. So what that means is we offer a variety of grant programs, we manage and administer film and television tax credits, as well as operate film commission services and a very large music fund called Amplify BC. So our focus is on film, television, visual effects, animation, digital and interactive media, books, magazines, and music. And everything that we do is to support the growth of these sectors and the development, uh, both domestically and internationally, of creative work. Awesome. So as a creative person myself, I'm, you know, I'm very much looking forward to talking to you and kind of learning about, you know, how you got to where you are in your career. Uh, So, you know, that being said, uh, can you tell me a little bit about, you know, what you do now and a bit about how you got to this point? Sure. Well, it's uh, I graduated from SFU many years ago in the communications program. And at that point, the program was part of the Faculty of Applied Sciences. Um, And I think it's really expanded you know, obviously as its own faculty now, but um, also in terms of probably what the course offerings are. And certainly my path professionally has not been linear uh, in the sense that, you know, when I was graduating from school, I would never have written down that my future goal is to be the CEO of Creative BC. First of all, the organization didn't really exist. And I was uh, very much focused on definitely wanted to be connected to or working within the media sector because I wanted to see, uh, I didn't see people like myself represented in front of the camera or behind and or stories being told, whether it was in magazines or newspapers or wherever else. So I didn't fully have a vision, but I knew that this is what my goal was, was to somehow always be involved in this area. And 
in some ways, most of my career has been like that. You know, I, my first job was really around, um, I worked at a PR company in a very junior role. And then I went on to uh, start as a volunteer role at a multicultural television and radio production company. And I did a contract at the United Way supporting the South Asian community. I worked for a broadcaster and before working at um, Creative BC, I was uh, working at TELUS on their optic TV product on the content side and was part of the team that launched a platform called StoryHive. So it's been, um, you know, a very, like I say, a not a linear journey for me. And that's what I would sort of always say to people is that um, you don't know where those opportunities are going to come from and the the world keeps changing around us too in term and certainly digital like when I graduated from SFU we didn't have email and probably makes me sound super old but that's where we were at and in, you know 20 plus years here we are now with you know basically computers you know in our pockets and you know, access to information and all of these things has changed so much, which I think has also changed what opportunities look like for people. Absolutely. And especially for students that are listening, who are going to be listening to this and myself included, um, you know, the whole idea that, you know, your career path is not going to be linear. Um, and hearing it from somebody who has been graduated from the program and kind of out in the world for a few years now, um, it's kind of almost comforting to hear that, you know, this isn't, you know, it's not graduate, get a job, stay at job and retire. There's going to be a lot of things on the way. Exactly. So no, I think that's really great to hear. And especially, you know, I'm graduating this year myself. So hearing that is very comforting for me too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's also, you can't put too much pressure on yourself, right? Like there is, there is so many options now. What I even think about, you know, I was, um, I worked uh, at City TV many years ago, and I was uh, what a part of my job was producing local programming. And I was ho I hosted a show called Color TV, which was a talk show focused on uh, diversity in arts and culture in Vancouver. And we, if we had had social media at that point, like the reach of what we could have done with that show would have been so different than what we had at the time. And that was in the early 2000s, which, which again is not that long ago. Well, I mean, some of the people who may be listening to this podcast were probably just born around that time. Um, but it is really transformational what has happened. And we all know the pros and cons around this stuff. But I think in terms of opportunities, particularly for communications people and specialists coming out of programs like the one at SFU, there's a lot of really interesting opportunities out there. Yeah, exactly. And you know, that's a part of the reason I chose SFU myself. Um, so you mentioned earlier that, you know, a reason you kind of got into this was you didn't see a lot of people who kind of looked like you in uh, this field. And so I took some time and I saw what you said in some other interviews. And this was kind of a recurring theme that, you know, your interest in media studies and communications stemmed from this lack of diversity in, uh, you know, the media and creative sectors. So how does your work tackle the lack of diversity in our creative industries? And do you feel like since you began your career that things have shifted? Yeah, I mean, it's a very interesting question. This is a, it's always moving and shifting and sometimes it slips back into things. Um, you know, I've seen things go from um, where, you know, when I, so when I was first starting out and I wanted to work in 
uh, broadcasting. I didn't have a journalism background. I wasn't necessarily looking to be a news reporter or anything like that, but I wanted to work at a television station because there's a variety of jobs there. And I remember going for information interviews and being told, you know, I'd probably be a better fit for the multicultural channel. And, um, you know, so I could have taken that in different ways. Like at that point, I felt like I had no options that these people were not looking to hire someone like me, even in a junior role of internship. So I went and I volunteered at a South Asian radio station. Um, where I learned a lot of things that led to an opportunity to do a pilot for broadcasting. And, um, you know, so things tended to be sort of siloed into areas where there was, here's where there was one multicultural channel that had all the languages that weren't English or French. And what happened over the next, you know, couple of decades is that we now can you know, my parents have subscriptions to television stations from all over India uh, through their TV subscription. You know, there's channels from all over the world that people can access in their, you know, um, home languages or, or whatever it is. But I was more interested in, yes, that was important was accessibility, but also, you know, how do we, at that time, my thinking was like, you know, how do we normalize, um, who we are as rather than being foreign. And maybe that wasn't the right language at the time, but that's what certainly in the last couple of years, the language around equity and inclusivity and anti-racism and what it really means, I think has taken a really massive shift in how people are engaged in the discourse and conversation. It seems a little more meaningful. There's a long ways to go, but it doesn't, sort of feel like it's just the responsibility of those who feel impacted by it. Now, by no means am I saying any of this is solved or shifted. We still need to be continually talking about it and committed to it, and particularly around, um, you know, the story of Indigenous people in this country and their history and trauma and really being committed to truth and reconciliation as individuals, as organizations, and as, you know, industry sectors, because we have to, in my view, if we're going to get to, you know, true, uh, a place where, um, you know, we really are walking the talk, and I'm probably going on and on here a little bit, but it's always to say is, again, it's not a simple response to that. Um, you know, I've been involved in programs that um, funded underrepresented filmmakers from in 20 years ago, I ran a program like that. Um, and I'm still running programs like that to some extent, because we have a ways to go that there are still voices and people who have not had the opportunities. I am still often in my um, industry and often the only, you know, person of color in the room. Um, on a fairly regular basis. So we have a ways to go, but it's it's continuing to have, I guess, the confidence and support around you to be able to, to speak to things, knowing that you won't be, you know, shut down or um, not given an opportunity. Absolutely. And, you know, when I first moved to BC, I grew up in Alberta and, you know, this idea of reconciliation and, you know, kind of working on diverse communities, you know, back however many years ago, that was almost 10 years ago now, you know, that didn't really exist. And so when I came out here to British Columbia, that seemed to have already been something that was set in motion. 
Um, and now I look back home to Alberta where, you know, things are starting to pick up there. So um, things have definitely changed. And I feel like, you know, definitely the work that you do and the work that others in positions like yours do have definitely uh, helped kind of get us to this point. So kind of shifting towards, you know, our creative industries as a whole, um, you know, the creative industries in the province of British Columbia, especially film and television, you know, we experienced unprecedented growth over the past 16 months. And I, with that came some unprecedented challenges due to the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, what do you think that, you know, the general public should be doing to support our creative industries in British Columbia? Um, yeah, that's an interesting question. What should the general public be doing to support the creative industries? Well, I think it's continuing to, um, you know, be aware and source um, content and that's being created by people here in BC, from you know, film and television to to music and books and magazines and all those things. There's so much talent here that you know we as consumers can really uh you know support people who are local to us and not just international people but also you know sharing their their stories with others as well I, I think the other thing that often gets overlooked by people is that you know especially in uh, film and television the last couple of years we've seen a lot a lot of stuff gets made in bc everybody knows that right we are hollywood yeah. north you see all kinds of movies visual effects and animation is like a really big sector that these are job opportunities so people who are in high school maybe right now or even at sfu there's a lot of opportunity in this sector for careers. I always say to people that, you know, we have everything from carpenters and cooks to costume designers to lawyers and accountants all exist within the ecosystem of making a film or a television program. And, you know, those jobs that you may not have thought of in this sector, that it's really, um, you know, quite robust that there are opportunities to uh, be part of it. And I think that's something that people out there can generally think about is that, um, you know, when you're wondering about what your next move might be professionally, take a look at the sector. Uh, there is a lot going on. Absolutely. There's there's a lot more going on in the sector than I know of. Um, and so, you know, just finding, you know, ways to kind of support that. And especially over the course of the pandemic, more and more people want to support locals. So there's definitely been, you know, a shift to having people wanting to support local for sure. Yeah. So I kind of want to shift now to your time at uh, SFU now. You were in SFU, you know, well, before any of us were in SFU and yes. quite possibly before uh, before many students were born. So, you know, what was your SFU experience like? Well, I, I really loved my time when I was at SFU. Being at SFU, um, I also grew up in North Burnaby. And a lot of my, you know, some of my friends that I'd known from elementary and high school were also uh, my cohort at SFU. And, um, you know, so it was sort of like my backyard in some sense. Like it wasn't an entirely foreign place. But, you know, I think it was mostly, it was the seminars in my third and fourth year and some of the friends that I still have from that time or people that I've connected with in business over the years. It was really that, that sense of community and all the informal stuff 
And I'm not just talking about, yes, there was, you know, socializing and parties, but it was those extended conversations that took place at that time. It was a pretty small campus in comparison to now, but I think that really allowed for a lot of um, being connected to other people. And, you know, I always thought of the communications courses and department was very much a uh, small community of people. So you really got to know people who were kind of, who stuck with communications for the third and fourth year. You kind of mostly knew everybody. It was just the, the liberal arts approach and the ability to engage in discourse about the world and examination about the world, about media, the, the Gulf War, for those people who may have read about that in history books, was happening while I was in one of my courses there. So it became a point of examination. There was just a lot of change in, and, and everything we were, you know, I was part of uh, a section in the university in the program that we spent a lot of time studying and talking about Marshall McLuhan's um, theories and writings. And it all has kind of really played out for me in the sense that it was still very relevant in, you know, media literacy was so important. I feel like I'm kind of all over the place here a bit, Jake, but, you know, my time at SFU was one of really opening our mind to and experiences around discourse and reading and uh, critical thinking that um, I think is what a university education is really there or was at that time was really there for you. It wasn't, I didn't spend a lot of time, to be honest, thinking about career. I was really more thinking about thinking and why I thought in certain ways or how to expand perspectives and views. Absolutely. Um, sounds very similar to what it is now, you know, aside from like, you know, the small community where everyone kind of knows each other because, you know, as you've probably seen the campus, over the years, even over the past three years that I've been there, the campus itself has grown and the student body has also grown. So, you know, I'm meeting new people in my classes every single semester. Um, but, you know, the foundations of, you know, critical thinking and, you know, our good friend Marshall McLuhan, who mm-hmm. still comes up in conversations in, I think, every single class, you know, that's still kind of the same. So I know you mentioned that you weren't really thinking about your career and you're more focused on, you know, thinking and your academic pursuits. You ended up in the creative sector. So what mm-hmm. was there anything at SFU at your time there that kind of inspired you to pursue uh, to pursue a career in the creative sector? Yeah, well, I mean, I, I, I think pop culture, right? Pop culture and media. That is a lot of what we talk about in studying and communication, that the impacts that popular culture and the media have on our lives and our thinking. So for me, being connected or part of the creative industries was that is where, how do we, how can I help be a part of shaping that and that conversation? And again, I didn't really understand that in the way maybe I do now upon reflection, but that is, that was the a, a really interesting part of it was that while I wasn't thinking about career, in a sense, I was around where I ended up. We knew that uh, popular culture and all different expressions of media have an impact on, you know, the world and how people are perceived and stories are told. So that was really a big part of it, of, of what led me to this, was that as the more you examined things, the more you saw what was missing. 
Yeah. Um, so, you know, school isn't, you know, super easy for everybody. Um, I'm sure everybody faces challenges uh, as a student, especially, you know, getting towards the end of your degree where you're starting to think about your career and everything. Um, what are some of the challenges that you faced uh, when you were a student uh, at SFU? Yeah, you know, I mean, it was all, it was not easy always, right? Getting the work done at the end of the day. Um, you know, I think it was, sometimes it was the course load or, um, you know, you always had to take other courses to meet requirements. And sometimes those were more challenging. I remember, I think in my final year, I actually took um, a course that was called the history. It was a first year course called the history of middle or the Middle Eastern history or something like that. And it was, one of the most complicated, harder classes that I think I ever took and had to kind of really hunker down to understand things. And I think, you know, that happens as well. It's never, it wasn't a breeze, certainly for me, while I enjoyed a lot of it. Um, but it was, you know, kind of what it actually taught, taught me was like how I how I learn things or how, how I tackle projects. And I still, you know, do things sometimes a lot in that way. I was sometimes a very last minute person. So, you know, basically, how do I, what, what kind of more prep do I need to be doing and thinking about in advance of that? So, you know, again, it feels like so long ago, Jake, that um, it's easy to romanticize it, but, you know, it was hard work. It definitely is hard work. Uh, I think the students and the alumni who are listening to this are going to agree that it is a lot of hard work. It's, uh, you know, university isn't something you can just show up for four years, just kind of hang around and, oh, there's a piece of paper. No, it's a, it's a lot of work and it's a lot of, uh, you know, it's a lot of time spent thinking and, you know, making sure that you're kind of understanding, especially at SFU, kind of understanding the world around you. So we've talked about, you know, how you've got, when you graduated from SFU, how you kind of took your path to where you are now and, you know, what you do now, um, some of the goals of your work. And I know a lot of people who are going to be listening to this are either, you know, recent graduates and, uh, you know, those in their third, fourth, fifth, however many years they are um, at SFU um, nearing graduation. So. Um, what would you kind of tell these students who are nearing graduation in the arts, creative and digital studies, um, how to kind of prepare for the new creative landscape that, you know, we're kind of in right now? Um, so how to prepare? Well, I say keep, you know, keep reading, keep following all the things that are going on, um, you know, in terms of uh, how industries are growing, what kind of skills people are looking for. Uh, what's changing and always be, you know, consuming information. I mean, that's one thing that despite the different, I guess, formats and ways to access is that I've always been interested in news and information and what's going on out there. And I would say, you know, encourage people to continue to, you know, continue to do that because things are changing quickly. And then also, you know, again, the same way we're talking about um, continual learning around equity and diversity it's the same with media literacy at all a lot of this ties together is looking at where are the sources of information coming from where if you're reading a newspaper article about a particular industry or sector it's like you know who are their sources are they citing things like all of those things that 
we kind of sometimes forget in our headline based world. But I say, you know, staying informed and, um, and even if you're not using the tools, like I myself, I'm not using, you know, TikTok, but I do like to understand what people are using it for and how it's having an impact on our society and culture. So all of those kinds of things um, and really taking the time to learn about your own biases and where you come from and what does um, equity, diversity and inclusion mean to you in your work and life and, and how you're incorporating that into what you're thinking about and doing. Yeah, definitely um, staying informed is uh, it's very important, but it's very, I feel, I find it's very easy to, you know, say, hey, I'm going to stay informed. And then, you know, you take one or two days away from it and it feels like you're so far behind. Yeah, it's true. It can be easily overwhelming. So just for uh, my last question for you here. So if there is one thing you would recommend to current and future SFU students and alumni, what would that be? Uh, don't take anything for granted. And I think we all learned that over what our lives and experiences were like in terms of you know movement and other things before we lived with COVID in our lives. And I think really take the time to be there while you're in a classroom learning something from an instructor or your fellow students. Don't take it for granted. It's very special. And even those frustrating times and conversations. So that that would really be, um, I guess, a piece of advice or something for people to think about is things can change very quickly. So really, as much as you can, even on those tough days, try to focus on, um, you know, what is happening. Great piece of advice. Um, I know it's something I definitely need to do a little more of. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Um, there's actually just one more quick thing. Um, if people want to kind of reach out to you or, you know, find any resources, where can we find you online? Yeah, well, I'm on Twitter and LinkedIn, so people can connect with me there or follow me and Creative BC on on uh, Creative BC is on Facebook and Instagram, LinkedIn, and Twitter. And certainly I share a lot of updates on Twitter and LinkedIn that are related to the creative industries and things that I'm involved in. So yeah, I would uh, welcome connecting with uh, graduates and future grads and, and people in the programs and, and uh, glad that it still exists and that people are still interested in it and coming out of it. Absolutely. I'm going to go find you on LinkedIn right away. Okay. I'll <laughs> right, accept awesome. it. Okay. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much. Sure. Anytime. Thanks right. for your interest and all the best to you. After School is a podcast project from Simon Fraser University's Faculty of Communication, Art and Technology. This has been our conversation with Prem Gill, hosted by Jake Frederick. You can learn more about Creative BC at creativebc.com. The After School Podcast is created by Tessa Arsenault, Emma Keeler-Dugas, Stacey Coplin, myself, Paige Smith, and each of our student hosts. You can learn more about SFU's Faculty of Communication, Art, and Technology at our website, sfu.ca slash fcat. And you can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn with our handle fcat at SFU. That's fcat at SFU. 
You can learn more about SFU School of Communication on their website, sfu.ca slash communications, and you can follow them on Twitter and Instagram at sfucmns. Next time on After School, we'll be hosting a conversation with multidisciplinary performer and director across theater, dance, and film, Errol Kapoor. Make sure you subscribe to After School on your podcasting app of choice so you don't miss this next episode. We'll see you next time.